The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Welcome to a discussion of radical fundamental principles of freedom, rational self-interest, laissez-faire capitalism, and individual rights. The Yaron Brook Show starts now. All right, welcome everybody. Hoping you're having a great, uh, I guess it's a cheesecake or something like that day. I didn't know. I would have. I would have. I would have included something, uh, some tributes in uh, in my. Uh, uh, all right, in my uh, program today. All right, today we've got we've got a full show. We've got a lot going on. Uh, I want to talk. I haven't talked much about Donald Trump. And uh, this week seems like an appropriate week to uh, to do so, given all the changes in the White House and uh, the fact that uh, Anthony Scaramucci has been made Donald Trump's uh, director of communication. I mean, I when I heard that, I, I have to say I, I was blown away by that, that Anthony Scaramucci is now director of communication. Now, I met Anthony Scaramucci. I met him. Um, years ago, maybe five, six years ago, in the context, in a completely, complete context, a business context, in the context of a business. I, you know, some of you might know I'm, I'm involved in the hedge fund business and uh, Scaramucci is a hedge fund investor. And I was there with my partner to discuss what we were doing and what they were doing and kind of see if there was any way to work together. There wasn't, but, but it was a, it was a, a friendly, a friendly meeting, a friendly conversation, and uh, and and could productive and, and useful, I guess. Uh, but it was also one of the most shocking um, business meetings I've ever been to. Um, Scaramucci was, you know, couldn't stop using the F word. I mean, this was a business meeting. Nice suits, ties, New York in in his office. Uh, I think it was a little boardroom, if I remember right, and. I had never experienced um, a business meeting that was so that where, where such vulgar language was used. It was just shocking. It was just shocking to me that anybody could talk like this in the context of you know in the context of business. You, you know, without and any successful, so without hurting his reputation, I guess, without hurting anything. Um, here he was using the F word and much worse. Constantly during the conversation, I remember walking out and, and turning to my partner and saying, "Have you ever, have you ever experienced such a thing? This guy is one character." And I mean, I, I've been at lots of business meetings. I've been at lots of um, locker rooms and lots. And, and that business meeting was off the charts in just terms of the vulgarity. And um, you know, I thought nothing of it. And we didn't land up doing much business with Anthony Scaramucci, although my partners uh, did, and and uh, he he used to hold big conferences in Vegas, and and uh, I think some of my partners attended that. But for me, it, it that was it. There was one meeting, and and nothing more than that. And um, until you know, he, there was talk about Scaramucci being affiliated with Trump, which didn't surprise me at all in terms of their personalities, this you know uh, rough and tumble vulgar, uh, you know, hit first, think uh, second mentality that both Trump and Scaramucci say. So it didn't, it didn't surprise me that Scaramucci was um, 
you know, was talked about uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the administration. And I guess they gave him some he was given some minor role um, to begin with. Uh, I can't remember exactly where where was uh, where's Karamuchi before he just got this uh, new position. Um, anyway, it's 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 eluding me, um, but but nothing nothing too dramatic. And then suddenly, he's appointed director of communication. And and what is so stunning to me is about this is a guy whose only means that I could tell of communicating, at least when his tempo was or, or when he got comfortable, when he was relaxed, or as it turns out, when his temper, uh, you know, when he's a little angry, is to lash out, is to be vulgar, is to curse left and right. And this is now not just some guy who runs a hedge fund and who cares and it doesn't matter one way or the other. This is now the United States of America's, you know, uh, uh, director of communication. This is the role model for how communication should be done. This is the standard by which good communication should be evaluated. This is the guy responsible for communicating what the, uh, the, the interests of the president. This is the guy responsible for communicating, um, you know, what's in the national interest and what's important and uh, in the direction of the country and helping uh, the, the, the president articulate uh, a position for the country. And, and to me, this just says everything you need to know about where we are as a country and about where this administration is in terms of administration. The, the, the fact that at the highest levels of the United States of America government, not, not Stalin, not Venezuela, not, um, you know, not some authoritarian regime, but in the United States of America, the symbol of freedom, the symbol of liberty, the symbol of, 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 of reason and the application of reason to politics, you now have a president and, and a leadership that is inarticulate, vulgar, curses nonstop, not just in private, all right, in public, we all curse in private, but in public, um, it, the idea that major policy decisions in this administration are being communicated to us by Twitter, Twitter, 144 characters, the symbol of non-thinking, of, of non-integration, of not having big thoughts and big ideas and, and a real conversation and a real argument, but just the, the ultimate in a soundbite, shallow mentality. It, it, it just, it, you know, this is, this is where this country's come to, and it's, it's shocking to me. And, and look, yeah, I know, everybody's saying, but, uh, but Hillary would have been worse. You know, maybe, I don't know. But it's bad. It's bad. Stop justifying everything in the name of, but Hillary would have been worse, crybabies. Yeah, maybe Hillary would have been worse, but this is bad. And unless somebody calls it for being bad, how's it ever going to get better? How's it ever going to get better if everything now that this, you know, uh, ridiculous regime that we have in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, we, we give it a pass in the name of, Hillary would have been worse. I mean, this is, a, this is an administration with no ideas. This is an administration with no agenda. I mean, the only saving grace of the Trump administration, the only saving grace is that he is appointing some good people 
in junior positions all across the bureaucracy who are going to do in the short run decent things in terms of deregulating, in terms of getting the government out of people's lives. They're going to be little changes all over the place. They're going to affect individual lives significantly, and particularly in business. There's going to be significant deregulation for particular businessmen in particular industries. The, the different government departments are going to go less after that, and that's all good. But the president's job is more than that. It's to set a direction. It's to change big things. It's to, and, and the direction so far is, you know, I, I'm just going to lash out at whoever I don't like. Uh, I have no strategy. I have no agenda. Republicans don't repeal Obamacare. You're fine. You know, I'll send it back so next time they'll do it. What about ideas? What about leadership? What about going in television in front of the American people and saying, this is why Obamacare is evil. Here are all the issues why Obamacare is a disaster for you, the American people, and you need to get involved in putting pressure on your congressmen, on your senators to repeal this. I mean, he hasn't done a single like direct appeal to the American public on anything. But you think Obamacare right now would be the issue to do it on. Right? Go out there and get the American people involved. Go out there and get them engaged. Don't just, well, didn't pass. Go back and try again. But, you know, what is that going to do? The, these idiots in Congress, they're not going to pass Obamacare. They're, I mean, they're not going to repeal Obamacare. They don't have the guts to repeal Obamacare. And, and, and their constituency right now, it's not clear, is interested in truly repealing Obamacare. You know, there are a lot of people out there who like the good things about Obamacare and, and, and claim to despise the bad things about Obamacare. But does a majority of the American people want more free markets in healthcare? Does anybody know that for a fact? Has anybody made the case to the American people that that is what they should want? <clears throat> As the president of the United States, you'd think that was his job. All right. Um, you can call in, if I can find the number, there it is, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. You, uh, you can call in, and um, what do you think? What, what do you think is the state of, the, uh, of this administration? What do you think is, uh, you know, what do you think is, what's the future? Where, where are we heading? Where are the Republicans heading? Where's the Republican Party heading? Where's the United States heading? Are you as worried and depressed as I am about the politics of the United States and about what's going on in the world? Or do you have signs of optimism? We will in the second hour today talk about the new optimists. This is a, a new intellectual movement out there that are very optimistic about the future of civilization. And I'm tempted by them. I, I, I like a lot of what they say, so we'll talk about that. All right, you're listening to Iran Book Show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, hopefully we'll take some of your calls and we'll talk more about the craziness it is the Trump administration. You're listening to your own book show on the Blaze Radio Network. Best-selling author, prolific media contributor, PhD in finance. This is the Yaron Book Show, the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to The Iran Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network. So uh, we are talking about uh, the Trump administration and uh, its, um, in my view, complete incompetence and vulgarity. The vulgarity of the president. This, I think this administration, I- I'm sure Obama swore and Bush swore and everybody else swore, but they didn't do it in public. Um, This is the first administration that I know of where um, people are being fired over Twitter. Uh, First administration I remember where an attorney general is attacked by the president in public, both to the press and over Twitter, but not fired, uh, and is supposed somehow to defend himself and somehow to keep functioning somehow. Now, let, let me be clear. I am no fan of Jeff Sessions. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Jeff Sessions will probably my my uh, least favorite appointment. Uh, that's putting it mildly in the Trump administration. I think Jeff Sessions is a horrible, horrible attorney general, not because he didn't recuse himself over the Russia thing, which I actually think was the right thing to do, but because he he's a huge believer in civil for, uh, forfeiture, which is, in my view, anti-constitutional, anti-individual rights. Just a horrific, horrific policy. Um, it, it also, because he is so adamantly uh, anti-immigration, including anti-legal immigration, anti-W2. Uh, so this is a guy who I, you know, I would love to see gone from the administration. He is, uh, he, he is way too religious for my liking for somebody to be in that position, and he brings his religion with him. He's anti. He's pro-drug war in a way that we haven't seen a Justice Department head in a long time. And I think, again, uh, being uh, the, the drug war, including one marijuana, which is, he is big on, is going to create lots of conflicts with the states, uh, puts people in jail for, for victimless crimes. Uh, you know, it really is destructive to the, the, the whole, uh, the whole dr- war on drugs, which, you know, I guess we'll have to do a whole... Uh, a whole show on at some point, but it's just unbelievably uh, destructive uh, for the fabric of American uh, American society. And and uh, you know he is uh, he is big on uh, on the war on drugs. So uh, not my favorite guy, but you know what? This is not how a president should treat his attorney general. It's not how a president should treat an attorney general by attacking you on Twitter, attacking you in the media, you know, bring him, sit him down, fire him if you need to, replace him if you need to. What, what are you trying to do? Put pressure on him? I mean, the, the whole, the whole, this whole presidency is just bizarre to me. Now, look, I was no fan of the Obama presidency. Obama was a nihilist. Obama was anti-American. Uh, 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 Trump is not anti-American. I, I don't think... Trump knows what America is. I don't think he understands the nature of America, the nature of what America stands for, the nature of what America represents. But in his own vulgar, primitive, superficial, shallow way, he loves America. He's pro-American. So I give him that certainly over Obama. But his representation of what America is and the direction he's taking America in is is just a continuous of what of, of of the Obama administration's nihilism. This is a different type of nihilism. I mean, look at this administration. It's it's a completely nihilistic, destructive, self-destructive 
uh, program. And, and, you know, I, I complimented them on, on um, getting, re- you know, replacing a lot of junior positions and putting in good people who are going to do good things. But I'll give you one example. The, the, the CFPB, the Consumer, Consumer Something Protection Board or something like that, uh, Consumer Finance Protection Board, of course, Consumer Finance Protection Board. This is one of the most unconstitutional regulatory agencies ever created by Congress. This is part of Dodd-Frank. It's a, uh, it's a, it has massive authority with almost no oversight. Congress doesn't even approve its budget. It gets its budget directly from the Federal Reserve. It, it has already, in, its, in the few years it has existed, done immense damage to consumer finance in America, to the rule of law in America, to free markets in, in the financial industry in America. The head of the CFPB is a real you know, socialist in many respects, a real nasty character, a really, really bad guy who hates banks, who hates capitalism, who hates America. And he hasn't been replaced. He hasn't been fired. And, and it's just stunning. There was actually, at the top of the news, there, there, there was some discussion about the fact that, uh, you know, some, uh, some congressmen are encouraging his replacement on the basis that he's running for governor somewhere. That's not the basis he should be fired. He should be fired because he's a really, really bad guy. He should be fired because supposedly he advocates for a philosophy, for a view of the world, for a view of markets, for a view of capitalism that's opposite of that of the president of the United States. And he hasn't been fired. It's unthinkable. This is one of the most destructive agencies that exist. And it has to be reined in. And Congress should, one of the first things Congress should have done under the Republican administration is change the law so the CFPB now is a part of, you know, regular, a regular regulatory agency rather than the way it's structured today, which is, you know, just a complete and utter disaster. So even the good stuff is not happening fast, as fast as it should. You know, many, many appointments uh, have not been filled. I think this is the slowest administration in history to fill appointments, to fill some of these minor appointments. And it's not because of uh, Democrats not, al- not allowing these appointments to go through Congress. It is because the administration is slow in appointing people to these positions. And it's not surprising with all the infighting, with all the chatter, with all the distractions, with all the nonsense that's going on, and with the president more concerned about his image through Twitter than he is about actually governing the country. It is not surprised that they haven't had the time to vet the kind of people that we need to hold in these regulatory positions in the various departments within government uh, that are necessary in order to really change the way government is functioning, the way the executive branch is functioning. It is dysfunctional from the top down. All right. Um, we're going to go to a break after the break. Call in. What do you think? What your thoughts about the Trump administration? There must be some Trump fans out there that are offended by what I'm saying. Call in. Give me your best case. Give me your best shot. Other than he's better than Hillary. That one, I'm tired of hearing. Um, and the number is 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Love to hear from somebody who's a Trump fan and who wants to defend this administration, particularly if you want to defend Scaramucci. I've seen some people defending him. In the meantime, you're listening to the Iran Brook Show, where I try not to be vulgar on the Blaze Radio Network, and we'll be right back after these messages. Iran. 
Rock on the Blaze Radio Network. Yaron Brook. All right, this is uh, the Yaron Brook Show. We're, we're back, and we're talking about uh, we're talking about Donald Trump. We're talking about this administration. I, I guess everybody's just sick of this, and uh, maybe sick of uh, hearing about it, sick of talking about it, sick of uh, the whole thing. Um, you know, one of the things that happened this week that that again is relevant to this administration and to the to the chatter above everything else. Is, is North Korea, in spite of all the bravado, in spite of all the claims that we're going to do something, that we're going to hold them accountable, that we're going to go after them. Uh, North Korea launched another ICBM uh, this last week. And, um, you know, nothing else. And, uh, you know, it, they're not afraid of us. They're not worried. They don't care. All the bluster, all the talk, all the tweets, all the whatever doesn't matter the the the, the north koreans are puddling ahead the chinese obviously have not stopped uh, supporting them neither of the russians the russians are heavily involved in north korea probably providing them much of the technology i think the russians more so than the chinese providing them with the technology necessary for these icbms and and for uh, uh you know elaborating and, and what has this administration done nothing nothing now you have to remember the history here this goes way back, way back into the 90s, into the Clinton administration, even before the Clinton administration, Bush and Reagan did almost nothing to control the North Korea's attempts to, uh, to, to build nuclear weapons. We continued to supply them with humanitarian aid. We continued to feed them and, 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 and help them and send them money and send them resources. And the South Koreans did the same. And every time they would violate a treaty, we would continue to negotiate with them and we would appease them and we would compromise with them and it would go on and on and on and on and and then we'd have a treaty and they would promise oh no we're not developing nuclear weapons sound familiar sound a little bit like the iranian deal and we would do nothing and then they'd violate the treaty and we'd say oh that's horrible we're going to put sanctions on you and then they would negotiate again and it would over and over every two years we'd have this rolling thing I and mean, if you look at the history of negotiating with north korea it's an amazing thing and here we are now where they've got nuclear weapons and they've got looks like what looks like an ICBM and it's just a matter of time I guess before they put the two together and connect the two now you know whether we, they would use it or not is a different question but we keep saying we'll never allow the North Koreans to have an ICBM with a nuclear weapon on top of it and yet we do nothing we are the world's history history's greatest paper tiger right we have the mightiest military force in human history and yet we do zero, right? Now, I don't know if the U.S. should attack uh, North Korea right now. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, I mean, I, I would develop a strategy around that and, and, uh, and, and make it real. But if, you, if you're going to talk, then you better act. And if you're not going to act, then don't talk. Don't talk. But yeah, I'm not against war. If evil regimes need to be destroyed if they are real threat to the United States. So I would, you know, I would uh, love to be privy to the kind of intelligence 
that our, uh, our intelligence agencies have about North Korea. And if we really believe that the North Koreans have the capacity to attack the United States and have the willingness to attack the United States, would actually go through with it, uh, or that they would use their nuclear umbrella to attack South Korea, then yeah, somebody should attack them. Now, I would like to see the South Koreans giving a lot more responsibility for their own defense than we have right now. I would like to see the United States ultimately withdraw from the Korean Peninsula and let the South Koreans take care of the North Koreans. South Korea is a rich country. They can afford to, to, to arm a proper military. They can afford to arm uh, a, a military that should be able to crush the North Koreans, which is one of the poorest, if not the poorest, one of the poorest countries in the world. Um, what, what do they need us for just, just to be parasites? One of the few things I liked about Trump when he was running for candidates was what he said about Japan and North Korea uh, should be able to support their own militaries and they, they, they shouldn't be reliant on American subsidies as much. And the same goes for NATO. But of course, again, that was, that was campaigning. And now here we are. Um, now here we are post when he actually has the capacity to do something and Trump does absolutely nothing except talk. He's a great talker. Talk, 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 right? Love to see something, right? If you're going to talk, walk the walk. And, and the way to walk the walk in this case is, for example, next time the missile, North Koreans launch a missile, an ISBM, uh, knock it down with an anti-missile, with the anti-missile technology we have today. Knock it down. Show them it's serious. Show them also you're not worried about that because you have the technology to knock down their missiles. I would take an ICBM launch by the North Korean as an act of aggression. And therefore, I would knock down their missile. Right now, ideally, the North, Co the South Koreans would do it because the South Koreans are the ones really threatened. The Japanese would do it because the Japanese are the ones really threatened. But to the extent that the United States is threatened by North Korea, yeah, I'm a big proponent of of uh, uh, preemption. I'm a big proponent of preemption because preemption saves a lot of lives in the long run, and it, it and it prevents a, a much more catastrophic war. But, you know, it's tricky with North Korea. You have to know what you're doing. You have to do it right because uh, they have the capacity to flatten Seoul, uh, Seoul, South Korea, very, very quickly. Again, why I think the South Koreans should be empowered uh, to defend themselves, should be empowered to build up the military capabilities and the self-defense self capabilities to take care of a North Korean threat. All right. Um, so, again, uh, administration that is completely impotent, talks, 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 like in everything, talks, 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 and does nothing of value. And, and you're seeing that uh, the, the only good, the only good stuff, the, <laughs> the only actual actions that this administration takes on the bad stuff, right? Uh, yeah, we're deporting more people than we ever have before. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're antagonistic to immigration more than we have before. We've We've stopped any efforts to expand legal immigration uh, by, by restricting uh, W-2s in, in significant fashion. We, we've done all the bad stuff, all the bad stuff, right? Um, all right, we, we've got a call uh, from Joseph. And Joseph, if you don't mind, hold on the line because we're, we're coming up to a break. And I, I want to give you enough time to actually get into this. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off until after the break uh, to take your call. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, the bad stuff is happening. The stuff he's not good at, you know, the talk about even even a trade. There's a lot of bad stuff happening in the background, which you're not seeing. Some a few tariffs were passed, nothing dramatic yet, but there, there's a lot of um, movement. And of course, there's a lot of infighting within the administration about the trade stuff because significant players in the administration are not as anti-trade as uh, as Trump uh, claimed to be, and as uh, his uh, anti-trade czar Navarro, the pseudo-economist from the University of California, Irvine, uh, who's in charge of one of the trade organizations within the government, uh, has been. So, um, you know, bad stuff. But but this is. This is just an incompetent, uh, a completely uh, do-nothing administration. They, they, they've done nothing uh, on any of the more positive agenda items that Republicans have campaigned a, 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 a about, and Obamacare is symbolic for everything that this administration stands for, and Scaramucci's rant about Priebus and about Bannon, as much as I hate Bannon, just the way in which Scaramucci expressed himself represents much of, of, uh, of kind of the vulgarity, the shallowness, and the impotence, the real impotence, other than talking, of this administration. All right, you're listening to Ron Brooks Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be back after these commercials. Israeli military veteran and radical for capitalism. It's the Yaron Brooks Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Yaron Book Show. All right. We're back, and we're talking Trump, and we're talking Scaramucci, and we're talking North Korea. Let me say something about North Korea, and then we're going to go to Joseph, who wants to defend Donald Trump. Um, look, North Korea is a brutal dictatorship. North Korea has no legitimacy as a nation. The regime of North Korea is not a regime anybody should recognize its right to exist. Any country, any country has the right to invade North Korea and to replace that regime. The only question is, so I believe, so let, let me make the more philosophical point. I believe that a, a, a regime, a, a, a governing uh, uh, institutions, gain their legitimacy from the people, from respecting the rights of the people. If a government is in its essential characteristic a rights offending, a rights oppressing government, as the North Korean government is, as the Iranian government is, as to some extent, uh, you know, many of the other, uh, you know, many other governments are to one extent or another. But those two, or Cuba or others, clearly, are, uh, their governing ideology, everything about them is rights oppressing. They have no legitimacy, and anybody who goes in to replace them has legitimacy to do so. There is no sovereignty. You cannot have sovereignty to oppress people. You cannot have sovereignty to enslave people. Slave regimes, like the South in the United States of America, have no legitimacy, legitimate autonomy. They have no legitimate sovereignty. And it's okay, in a sense, to invade them. The question then becomes, the only question then becomes, is it in the interest of the United States of America to invade 
an oppressive regime? And in 99% of the cases, the answer is no, because those regimes are not a threat to the United States of America. The only time it is legitimate for the United States to engage in war is in self-defense, not because I'm worried about the other side, not because I'm worried about the North Koreans, but because I'm worried about America, American troops, American treasure, the cost of a war in lives, the cost of a war in people. You do not go to war unless it's in self-defense. Again, not because you're worried about people in North Korea or people in Iraq or people in, uh, in, um, in Iran. The, you know, those regimes are responsible for their people. And if those regimes are oppressing rights, they're not legitimate. Your concern is the lives of Americans. When I see 5,000 American kids die for an Iraqi war that does nothing at the end of the day to protect the lives of Americans, that's horrific. That is a, a, that is a disaster. That is borderline treasonous. Right? So the only reason to engage in preemptive war against North Korea is if we truly believe, and I'm not convinced of this, but if we truly believe that they are a significant viable threat to the lives and property of Americans. Um, but at the very least, we should engage in we should engage in a blockade of North Korea. We should engage in making sure nobody trades with them. Which there's a lot of things you can do short of war that would penalize the North Koreans significantly. All right, uh, we're going to go to Joseph. Joseph, in uh, where are you, Joseph? Hey, I'm in uh, I'm in Georgia, heading to Colorado. Oh wow, that's a long drive. Yep. Uh, All right. I'm a I'm a truck driver. I run the 48, lower oh, cool. 48. Cool. Hey, well, talk to me. Talk on. to me. What, number one, I am a big Trump supporter. But first off, I would like for you to speak intelligently on the topic of subperio osseo integrated implants. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Exactly. Nor do you know what the hell you're talking about as far as the Trump presidency, yet you are pontificating. <laughs> on things I know a, something a, about. A, I'm not going to take up a topic that you raised that I know nothing about, but things I do know about, I pontificate on, like the Trump presidency. Okay, so, all right. What, so what did I say that was wrong? All right. Let me begin. When did you make your first multi-billion dollars what did i say that was wrong well okay when did you become president of the united states of america you cannot talk on a level that what did i say that was wrong you can tell me what i haven't done you can tell me i haven't made billions of dollars you can tell me i'm not president of the united states i know all that and i think all our listeners know all that what did i say that was wrong about president trump and he does the fact that he made a billion dollars justify vulgar language? Does the fact Hello? that he made a billion dollars justify the fact that he is not leading the American people? Does the fact that he made a billion dollars justify the fact that he is not doing anything positive to make this country great again? Is it no. my turn? Go ahead. Okay. You say that, pres that his presidency is impotent, but is it not the House of Representatives and the Senate that's impotent? Isn't there some, I don't know what it's called, maybe you sure. might, separation of powers or... Sure. Call it leadership. You know powers. that President Reagan 
had a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate, and he still managed somehow to get some, not a lot, some good stuff passed. And you don't think a President Reagan is impotent because he found a way to lead the American people and to force the House of Representatives Senate, which were much more hostile to him than they are to, uh, to Trump, to actually get stuff passed. Donald Trump has been impotent in his leadership. I mean, we're six months in to an eight-year term. All right. Well, we will see. Uh, unfortunately, we're coming up on a hard break here. Um, and if you want to tell me what I did wrong, you can stick around and I'll take you after the break. Otherwise, we're done. This is the Iran Book Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Yaron Brooks Show on the Blaze Radio Network.